Hello and welcome to Find Your Center. I'm Kim Perron, Certified Life Coach with the Center for Clarity, Compassion, and Contentment. I know that's a mouthful, so I call it Center 4C, but the name is meaningful and these qualities of clarity, compassion, and contentment are what we all need more of, so I thank you for listening. I'm here today with two guests. I'm super excited about this. I'm here with Jim Sweet, author of Back to the Front Porch and Mental Freedom, both books about finding peace and enjoyment in life. And Tisha is returning to Find Your Center. She is the Slightly Unmeditated podcast channel, and Slightly Unmeditated being very important for this discussion, which is meditation, yes, you can. (laughs) Hello, Jim. Hello, Tisha. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here, both of you. Perfect guests for me to do something of a speed coaching around meditation. The concept here is to just think and describe as many types of meditation as you can think of or that you've experienced or you've learned about so that we can give someone the sense that there's a whole variety of types of meditation that people can do and that it's a great and enjoyable experience that our mind is going to wander. It's not failing at meditation if our minds are too busy. It's actually why we might meditate. So I don't know, Jim, your thoughts about the importance of meditation? Yeah, I think it's um, it's become such a, an important part of my day. Um, that and, and it's one of those things where, you know, we're, we always talk about how busy we all are, and, and we are. And the hard part for a lot of us is to carve out, you know, and you don't have to sit on a pillow for an hour. That's, I think, <laughs> some people may get that. A myth. Yeah, it's a myth. I mean, if you can do it, great. And, and I would encourage you to do that. But if it's a Tuesday and you've got, you know, back-to-back meetings and soccer games in the evening, and then you got to cook dinner and you say, where can I get an hour? You can't get an hour. And that's okay. You can get 10 minutes because there's 10 minutes in your day no matter what, that you can carve out for yourself. And, and be selfish about it. Take that time. Um, and, and the meditation, you know, it's there's so many different different ways to do it. Um, the the ones that I use mostly is I'll, I use a guided meditation. Um, I have an app on my phone. Uh, I've used a couple different ones. One is the Calm app. One is the Headspace app. I find them both to be terrific. Um, and if you're new to meditation, the great thing about either, both of them is that they have free, there's free versions of them. Um, so you can go on there if you don't want to, and, and even the, if you do want to pay, I think it's $5 a month or something inexpensive. But if you just want to try meditation, uh, Headspace has a 10 day free trial where, you know, it's, I think it's 10 minutes a day. And, but it's, it's one of these things that it will just get you to try it. All you have to do is get in, put your earphones in, find a quiet space, Sometimes I'll just go to get in my car if I'm going out uh, at lunch or something. I'll pull into a parking lot, turn the car off, put my earphones in, and sit there for 10 minutes for a guided meditation. Wow. That's it. That counts. It, and that counts. It does count. <laughs> and the importance, I think what holds us back is not so much a lack of time. It's that people think it's a waste of time. 
And because you can do it for 10 minutes or less or with an app. And in in many ways, that's easy. Maybe not pulling your brain back to your breath or to the anchor, but definitely I think it's the people thinking it's a waste of time. So I want to reiterate that I don't, the studies are showing that it's not a waste of time, that it's actually critical and it's an essential skill that we need to know how to come back from our thoughts. What do you think, Tisha? What's what's one of your favorite ways to meditate? Well, I also want to add that I think a lot of people go into it saying, I can't do this, so mm-hmm. they just don't do it. My own personal story. Um, so, you know, Jeff Warren is my favorite meditation teacher, was the only person that ever got through to me, made, made a click, made me understand. And just having that foundation has expanded my whole outlook on how I do it. So I do his daily trip every day on calm. And even when I don't want to, if I couldn't care less what thoughts are going on in my head, I will sit there and I will listen. Because that like Jim said, that counts. And a lot of times I find that I'm so into it that I'll go on Spotify and like listen to other meditations like they'll do sound um i looked up different sound frequencies and stuff and i'll just do those and i'll find that 45 minutes have passed and i'm like son of a gun i have done it (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i had to build my own confidence in it but the thing with the guided meditation finding one that resonates for you can kind of give you a lot of insight in the moment while you're doing it so it makes sense then and not like when you're just reading about it yeah, later. Great tips. And the, the sound frequencies, that was one of the things I had on my list too. Any ambient music and or sound wave type, it's or even maybe literal waves, some ocean sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are great ways to just sit in stillness. And it it might be too advanced for a beginning meditator. Not that it's advanced, but maybe you want that guidance and you want someone guiding you moving. Tisha, it sounds like you may have started with Jeff as the guide. You continue with him, but then you felt confident enough to move forward to just list, kind of sitting in stillness, listening to the the theta. Is it theta waves? Yeah, there's all different kinds of waves and hertzes and things. But if it, that's, if I have a specific purpose in mind, I also find that listening to those, uh, like the one I sent you that one time actually calms mm-hmm. my nervous system down. I'll notice, like, I'll just walk around the house with headphones on listening to it because I can't stop d- listening to it. And I'm like, wow, I'm so relaxed. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really neat. I also, um, do a lot of silent meditation where I have no noise, which, which I thought was an impossible feat ever to to accomplish. And now I really appreciate it to the point where I know when I need to do it, but I also don't have to do it every day. The silent meditation, I've actually even done a 9 to 3, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And that is part of my mindfulness-based stress reduction class. All the his alumni, so mindfulness-based stress reduction is a standard eight-week course done on Zoom or in person. And the nice thing is I did it on Zoom during the pandemic. The teacher invites all of us to the new, any new class he has. He'll invite all of us old students 
to join them in a silent retreat when they do their one silent retreat. And it sounds like so much time, but I have to say it's pretty exceptional to clear. It's not clearing your head, but to give yourself space. I guess what I'm trying to say is making that space where I, he guides meditation. So he'll go through the different standardized mindfulness-based stress reduction meditations, a body scan, walking meditation, sitting meditation, focused attention. And that's how that time is spent. And you eat in silence. And, and I know that that seems more extreme, but I have to say it's really lovely. Mm. And uh, how, how much time do we have during the day that we're not stimulated, that we don't have something grabbing our attention? Um, you know, if we can even to just take the 10 minutes of stopping everything and taking that time to ourselves without, uh, you know, a, a text message or a phone call or, a you know, a social media popping up on our phone to just take, take that time and relax and, and, and quiet everything. Um, and yeah, there, there are times a lot of thoughts will burst through your head while you're trying to, to meditate and that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. All that means is you're you're addressing those thoughts, seeing them, letting them continue to flow through. Um, but I do I, I always even if I just do a you know a 10 minute meditation, I always can when I finish mm-hmm. I always let out this huge deep breath and I just feel like okay, I've just reset. <laughs> Now I'm ready for what's next. Yeah. And before you reset, you didn't know that you were tense in your body. You didn't know that your yeah. sh- breathing was sh- probably shallow. You were intently thinking about something or worrying about something. And that was all happening under your radar. And so when it comes to, to like the middle of the day, I always think, Perfect ones to do sitting at your desk. A, B, C, D is one I teach a lot, which is the A stands for anchor, just anchoring yourself in your chair. You could be at your desk. You feel your feet on the floor or the inside of the shoes, your arms on your lap or the side of your chair, anchoring that body position, focusing on breathing. That's the B. C is start counting rounds of breath, inhales and exhales. The D is distraction. We can thank any distraction, whether it's a thought, a noise, some, you went off into, uh, to your grocery list or something. That's okay. That was a distraction. When you came back to your breath, you were strengthening the muscle coming back from wandering off. The brain's just doing what it does. And so I teach this to people sitting in offices all the time as something they can do themselves in two, five minute increments and just ground themselves in the present moment, center themselves and uh, release some tension in during their workday. I want to point out too that distractions used to be my nemesis. Like I can't meditate because my dogs are always bothering me. And it actually, now I welcome that, you know, so like people walk in their neighbor, their dogs around the neighborhood. I mean, I know my dogs are going to bark. And so I meditate through that. And that has always like, like your favorite word, equanimity has always just uh, to the point where sometimes I don't even hear them. And I have to like, oh, wait, stop barking. (laughs) So another part of that, too, is I don't sit on a pillow and I don't sit on the floor. Because it's, it's too much discomfort for me to tolerate that. 
Uh, I sit in an Adirondack chair on my porch, probably with my leg crossed, um, but I do it every single day. And I'm alert. You know, I'm not falling asleep or drifting, drifting off or whatever. And that's what matters. So don't let your circumstance or your location or your environment stop you from doing it. It actually helps you get better at it. Yeah, the distractions are normal. You're a human being and just doing that. This is a practice and it's not perfect. We want to be doing it. We want to be practicing and not held back by perfectionism. And Kim, you mentioned the, the ABCD um, method. Uh, what about breathing methods? Do you have yeah, the, uh, anything that... A box breathing is really simple, easy. It's inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, and pause, two, three, four. So that's a 16-second round which you could do a few different times. And that is called box breathing. So it's four, 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 and four. The inhale, the hold, the exhale, the pause to the count of four. Sorry, side note. Uh, uh, Breathing used to be another thing that I used to say I couldn't do meditation because Mm. deep breaths and irregular breaths would trigger anxiety. So I'd start to feel really anxious and like overwhelmed by that. And actually now I realize that it doesn't affect me at all. I just did the exercise along with you and um, it doesn't bother me. And actually like my body immediately responds like, okay, cool. We're going to do this now. So there's Ah. different ways to come around that in my regular meditation. I just breathe normal. Um, And, I realize like it works just as well as when someone says, take a deep breath and exhale and all that other stuff. You don't have to if it's not comfortable. True. And breathing. Thank right. you for mentioning that because it is an important point. If it's, a di- if, if it's a discomfort, if it's anxiety provoking, and that could be any of a meditation, it's okay to give yourself grace, to try something different or move if you need to move. And that's sort of a, a, a trauma-informed even for instructors to know and invite people to let go of the practice if they need to. Yeah, and, and speaking of the breathing techniques, there's there's one that I've used um, and I still use, uh, a four, seven, eight breathing where you, you breathe in for four seconds, you hold for seven, and then breathe out for eight. Um, again, if it's if it's triggering for you, causes anxiety, then, then, you know, don't do it. But, um, what that does is it, it gets the oxygen levels back into the body. So it regulates your oxygen levels, but it also helps to regulate that fight or flight, fight or flight, uh, response that we have to a lot of, um, parts of our day, you know, whether it's a work situation or commuter situation or, you know, a family member situation, but, you know, we get stressed and, and our breathing becomes shallow and, and everything tenses up. But if we can regulate that fight or, fight or flight um, response to, to some of these things using a breathing technique, then, okay, okay, now we can reset the body and now we can reset our responses to 
um, to what we have in front of us. So important to know that as well. It's counterintuitive because what it does is the breath can activate the relaxation response. So then one might say, yeah, but I'm really stressed and I have to do, and I'm really busy. I have so much to do, but almost everything that one has to do requires a higher level of thinking. And that higher level of thinking is not possible if we're in fight or flight when we're in our cave brain. It sends us into the part of our brain that's best suited to run away from danger. So we don't want to be there. Most of the challenges that we have or the stressors we have require us being in our higher functioning brain, the executive functions. So that staying out of fight or flight is very important. The breath can get you there and it can activate the parasympathetic system to that relaxation so that you could stay in your higher functioning brain and continue to do the work rather than wanting to run away from it all, which is good. Good thought. I just did the one that Jim recommended, and that eight second uh, ex- exhalation. Yeah, I realized how far up to my ears my shoulders are now, and I'm just sitting here relaxed, you know, talking to you guys. <laughs> and I started doing the eight seconds, and I was like, "Wow, I'm really, really a lot more tight than I thought I was." And that's a double exhale, a double the inhale which is nice too. I don't know if either of you have ever heard maybe a yoga instructor or a meditation instructor say you're exhale, inhaling life or something and you're exhaling stress. And so yeah. I thought, I think about that on the, the exhale being longer than the inhale is like, what are you releasing? And you're getting rid of all that uh, long exhale, you get rid of all that stale air that's in your lungs. It's almost like, oh, now bring it, breathe in all that new oxygen. Get rid of all that old oxygen. Get that out of there. Bring in the new life. Yeah. yeah. The new life force. I'm glad. Freshness. I'm glad you mentioned, too, the shallow breathing because I've been a shallow breather my whole life. And I didn't know I was until I tried to hold my breath for some time. Um, but now I realize like that doesn't bother me. I do belly breathing. So like I breathe in through my stomach because I heard it activates your parasympathetic nervous system and it actually does keep me calmer and it only took a few practice tries and now I just do it automatically. So I think that has helped me too. Yeah. Yeah. The breath is so important and it's available to us all the time, which is a nice thing. Another mindful meditation that's simple while we're thinking about many that we can do that is really simple is just connecting to your senses. So connecting to what you hear, what you smell, what you might taste, what you might feel in the present moment. And just taking a minute or two to do that, you're connecting, you're grounding yourself in the present moment. So that's just a little mindful meditation. I've also, um, spiritual meditation is another one that, that mm. I've used. Um, and that is, when I've done it, I've done it, uh, in silent meditation. <laughs> Silent meditation. Oh, okay. So, so, but in, in the spiritual meditation, it's a silent meditation, but what it is, is it's, it's connecting, like you said, Kim, mostly I do it to connect with the, the sounds around me, but I use it as a way to connect with, you know, I, I say the universe, 
Um, but but mm. what is going on around me? I generally like to do it outside because I feel like there's more outside noises and um, you know the noises that that I kind of you know will will almost hunt out if you will you know uh, birds, the wind, um, you know you can you can feel sometimes the wind so if if it's the you know you can be listening for things but you can mm. most of it's going to be nature um focused but there are times that I'll do it and and maybe you do hear that truck backing up or you you hear a car horn or things like that but that's that's also part of that world around you that's also part of the universe you know sending you a signal about something um so so that's you know that spiritual meditation is is more of something that I'll, I'll I'll do when I just I, I almost just need to really kind of ground down. Um, you know, I don't want to listen to someone kind of uh, give me a guided meditation. I, I I'm not in the mood for mm-hmm. that. I'm not in the mood necessarily to listen to a sound recording. You know, I want to be fully present in what's going on around me. Um, and the, and. If I am going to do this, I generally want to do it outside, and it doesn't matter what what time of year it is. Uh, you know, if it is in the winter time, you know, I'll dress up for it, and I'll go sit. It's not like I'm sitting out there for an hour. It, it could be ten or fifteen minutes, um, and feel the cold on your face, and and feel the, yeah. you know, the the sound of the snow, um, you know, rolling along the the rest of the snow. But it's uh, it, it's something that I I like to do outside, um, and it's generally silent. For myself and it's a nice time to connect part of the spiritual aspect of that is connecting to everything else that's around you too you're part of a big picture right. that spiritual time where you're keep subtly keeping your ego in check that mm. you're just you're part of a bigger picture not doing everything on your own your thoughts might be worrisome or fretful but that's just the mind doing what it does. You're connecting with all the, your other senses and you're quiet and that inner guidance too. I like that part of it too. If for anyone who's interested in doing the silent part, I like about a silent meditation is what might I hear my inner guidance say during that time? And I think that's connected to a higher power too, like our, our spirits, our, what's really meant for us in life. How do we hear that if there's so much noise uh, that we keep ourselves too busy and too stressed, not, not the noises that we might hear birds and trucks in the neighborhood, but I mean like the daily noise we have other people's opinions and Mm. work stressors and things like that. We need some clarity. And so good spiritual meditation is time for that. Yeah. And and it's also, it's, it's, you know, like you said, some of that other noise may, work its way to the surface. But if you're in that mindset, and this is how I feel about it is, is those things that I, that I might, you know, even spend some time thinking about whether it wakes me up in the middle of the night or not. When I'm in that space there, I, I almost feel like I've got this, you know, the universe around me to help with that, whatever that worry is that I've got. It's not that big. Listen to all the other stuff that's around me. And it, it, it helps me to, to, kind of put that stuff in perspective. Um, you know, whatever I'm worrying about, sure, it's critical at that time because it popped into the to, to my head while I'm, I'm meditating. But, you know, can, can I use all that stuff that's surrounding me, all that universe and spiritual stuff to help me 
just kind of work my way through that, uh, you know, whatever popped the top of my brain there. Not alone. <laughs> that we're not alone. That we're interconnected so much. The other thing I thought about, too, was moving meditations. Moving meditation or walking meditation is... It's, I have a funny walking meditation story. So one of my organizational clients, the my contact there had asked me, can you come to our workplace retreat? Or it was like the summer picnic. And maybe there are some trails where they were going to this picnic place. And she said, maybe you could do a walking meditation. And I thought I had learned what a walking meditation was. And I'm like, I don't think it's as much of what you think it is. Now, actually, as I'm telling the story, I'm thinking now I think I would know how to do it. But I, I was afraid they'd be so confused to, to hit them at a picnic with the walking meditation because a walking meditation is so slow. The point of it is not just listening to the sounds around you and walking and seeing the things around you. It's actually feeling your foot lifting, shifting your weight, setting the next foot down that it's so hard to do right off the rip, like in the wrong setting, because you are just walking so slow and so intentionally on purpose to pay attention to the physical movement of lifting, setting the foot down, shifting the weight and in all of that. You're reminding me when we did our meditation retreat or our training, how many different ways that they showed us. And I remember even thinking how strange some, like I remember doing a walking one and I'm thinking how strange it is. And then suddenly it wasn't like, suddenly I realized it was like that uncomfortableness because I'm such an impatient person that I'm like, <laughs> what's the next thing? <laughs> but now I can really appreciate that a lot better about the slower pace of that and recognizing things I probably wouldn't see because I'm rushing all the time. And in fact, a walking meditation can be done, say, next to your desk on a yoga mat. So imagine the length of a yoga mat and you are literally just walking that length and you are turning around and you are coming back. But I totally know what you mean, Tisha, because at first it seems so bizarre, like and that's why I felt like it was too much of a zero to 60 kind of thing. Like I needed to do other meditations with the group before, you know, they're having fun. The picnic's lively. Better to do something a little bit different. And it, even if it was a meditation in that environment and then grow to the walking meditation and, and after I've done more meditations with them. Body scans, another moving meditation, or no, it's not actually, it's more of intentionally focused attention. It is the body, but the body is not moving. The mind is moving around the body and intentionally thinking about your right foot and then moving up to the ankle and moving to the shin and you're kind of tracing your body. This is one that helps with sleep too, mm. because we can do that to neutralize our thoughts, to relax ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that struck Tish as funny. Right. I, was, I was just my first thought was, "Oh, good, I could bore myself to sleep." Yeah. <laughs> I have, yes, yeah, <laughs> I have trouble focusing. So I just did one the other day in a daily, and I think it was like I don't know if it was specific to the big toe, but that's the 
point I landed on. And it was so hard to keep my focus there. Yeah. Right? Like my regular home base I can do all the time, return to it. But because it was something different, I struggled. <laughs> and then it became funny. So I was just imagining laying in bed and being like, I'm in my elbow and then just, <laughs> just passing out. Pour <laughs> yourself to sleep. I like that's yeah. And in in some respects, you really are. You're putting your attention purposefully on something so neutral and trying to find the nuances of the sensations there. And maybe there's a little ache in the, the knee, or maybe if there's a tingle in the hands, but you're, it, in some ways, it can bore you to sleep in a good way, really good way. Right. That was just my first thought. <laughs> Can we also address the my favorite thing that meditation has taught me was that you are not your thoughts. Like oh. that you separating. Yes. I didn't believe it to be true. I thought my brain was just a mangled mess up there. And now it's interesting because in my visual field up there, I can see a space around where like the... That might be a little woo-woo, but I could see the space where those thoughts circle around instead of them just pressing down on me all the time. And I think that was the most important thing I've ever learned in my Mm -hmm. life. Thank you for bringing me back to the basics. You're absolutely right. The most fundamental piece is we want to see our thoughts, not be our thoughts. We want to have the thoughts flow by, know that that's a part of your brain. It's a part of how we function as human beings. But to be, get a little distance, to have a little distance from that. So for you, that was revolutionary. Yeah, no one ever told me that before. And I'm like, what does that even mean? And it's taken a while to figure it out, but I will always, always come back to that. No matter what I'm ruminating about or whatever I'm even thinking in meditation, I'm like, that's not me. And then I, you know, let it go. And. And yeah, it's not the yeah. whole of you. No, Sorry, I was Jim, say, go ahead. Tisha, what you said, like the the more you do it, the more it, eventually it clicked, right? And this is practice just like anything else. You know, you, you sit down to do it the first time ever. Your ma- mind may go a million miles an hour, and after 10 minutes or 15 minutes, you say, that, well, that was a waste of time. But you got to keep coming back to it, keep working at it. Eventually, you're going to come to this mind-blowing thought like Tisha had, like your thoughts are not you. Who you are. Right. I, I try. I tried for years. I have built an entire brand around <laughs> my inability to meditate. When I started, I didn't even think I could meditate then, you know? And then I had to humble myself six months later and attended a, the workshop on how to meditate and finally, finally figured it out. So don't give up. I mean, it's mm. been years, the decades that I've tried to meditate in every which way possible, and it just took that long for it to click so if you feel like it ain't clicking yeah. you still no have pressure. plenty of time no to figure it out to do this there's no right or wrong way to no, do it not at all if, if you keep showing up yeah no if you're doing it you're you're yep. doing it you're doing a great job yeah oh well thank you both so much and as human beings we are all slightly <laughs> unmeditated right Tisha? <laughs> It's part of the human experience. And thank you both for all the ways that you've shared that we can give it a try or make it interesting for ourselves, whether it's short or long, whatever resonated with you as a listener. I hope it is inspired you to try, to try meditation, give it another shot or grow in 
the exercise that it is uh, of training your brain to come back from thoughts. You are not your thoughts. So we hope you're feeling a bit more centered. We'll be back in two weeks with another edition of Find Your Center. You can reach out to me at kperone at center4c.com or connect with us at the Slightly Unmeditated Facebook or Instagram page or email us at goodvibes at slightlyunmeditated.com. That's all for today. I'm Kim Perone helping you to find your center. Each time you do, you build a better world. My heart is full. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, I wish you clarity, compassion, and contentment.